Welcome to the Wheatful Woman Podcast. I'm your host, Brittany Goff, and I'm so excited you're here. I'm an online product shop owner over at Wheat & Honey Co., a business strategist leading women-owned, profitable, and purposeful businesses, and your host here at the Wheatful Woman Podcast. Join us as we have fun and soulful conversation with a bunch of girlfriends pursuing a life full of intention and purpose. We are here to give you space and tools for your holistic wellness journey and hope you leave each episode feeling a bit more full than when you came. All right, Wheatful Women, let's dive in. Today, we're chatting with best-selling author, Allie Worthington. She's an author, a speaker, and a business coach, and is known for her straight-talk encouragement and practical tools that help women reach their dreams in business and life. She's a business coach and co-founder of Called Creatives, where she coaches writers and speakers, and her latest project offers women a guilt-free guide to living with confidence through her book, Standing Strong. Her no-nonsense, guilt-free take on business, family, and balance have led to appearances on Today and Good Morning America. She's the author of The Year of Living Happy, Fierce Faith, and Breaking Busy, Allie is a well-known speaker and host of the popular podcast, The Allie Worthington Show. Allie lives with her husband, Mark, and their five sons outside of Nashville with the only golden retriever who refuses to retrieve. Here's my conversation with Allie. Hey, Allie. Welcome to the Wheatful Woman podcast. Hi there. It's so great to be with you. Thanks for having me. Of course. Of course. I want to dive right into talking about your family a little bit as we get started Mm -hmm. here. And would love to hear what life is like for you right now with your husband, Mark, and your five sons and your golden retriever. What is life like for you right now as you're anticipating a launch of a new book and doing all the things? Well, life looks like a lot of people at home. (laughs) <laughs> so the three youngest boys are doing uh, virtual school and our old, the boys are 12, 14, 16, 19, and 21. And our oldest is away at college. So okay. he's about two and a half hours away. So it looks like a lot of humans all in one space all the time, which <laughs> I know a lot of people get. We're, we're anticipating a book launch and we're anticipating a new puppy. We're getting another golden oh, retriever no all way. this fall. So <laughs> we are super excited about it. And we live right outside of Nashville. So we're going to have that great fall weather and a cute little yeah. puppy. I've warned everybody that my Instagram feed is just going to be puppy photos. Oh soon. yeah. Oh yeah. That's a great. Is it a boy or a girl puppy? It's a girl. I insist because I have five sons that all dogs in our home are female. I love it. I love it. I'm a, I have a golden retriever as well, and we're talking about getting a second. They're the best. We They're just so love great. That breed. I've, I've well, the first was a rescue, and we we started looking about three months ago for a golden retriever puppy, but we realized pandemic puppies were a thing. Yeah, and it was very difficult to get a puppy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll be perfect timing. That'll be perfect yeah. with the fall weather. That's so exciting. I hear that you love amusement parks and one of your favorite places to be is with your family riding roller coasters and eating dairy-free ice cream. I would love to hear about a recent adventure. I know a lot of us haven't been on many adventures of the year of 2020, but what is something that you've done lately that has just brought you joy and has been a moment of adventure with your family? 
Oh, I have one. It, it has been a sad year for lack of adventures. 2020 yeah. has been. Yeah. Uh, I'm an Enneagram 7. So Enneagram 7s really want to go have fun. And it's been <laughs> it's been rough. We did buy a zoo membership and we tend to go to the zoo quite a bit. But what we what we did that was a super great adventure, we drove about three hours west of Nashville. There is something called the Tennessee Safari Park. Mm-hmm. And you you drive there and it's a drive-through safari with Buffalo, there's giraffe, there's ostrich that you can feed out the window, there's camels that you can feed out the window, all that thing, all that stuff. Had a blast. The funny thing is, we drive three hours there and then we get there. It's a Sunday, it may be, no, it's a Saturday, no, it's a Sunday. It's a Sunday at 12. We get there at 12. And we are like, yes, we made it to the park after this horrific three hour drive, you know, feeling sorry for ourselves. We made it. And then we pass the park because we realize there's a line and we have to follow this line of cars to get in line to get in. Well, that's fine. But the line did not end. That line went on for about three different sections of road and the police officers every step of the way. So when I finally got to the end of the line, I had passed five porta potties, which is not a good sign. Get to the end of the line and I say to the police officer, um, sir, how long is this line? And he said, well, it's about four or five hours. <gasps> I kid you not. And so we knew it closed at six and we could get an hour inside the park because we were not coming back. Yeah. But luckily we got through in three hours and it was lovely and we had a great time. (laughs) So we have to have adventures where we can. Oh yeah. If you're not stuck in the house, you're stuck in the car together. Stuck in the car. (laughs) But I was like, we have gas. No one has to use the restroom. I feel like it's a win. Yeah. And if you do, there's a porta potty right there. Oh, (laughs) that's crazy. That is crazy. (laughs) Wow. Must be a good zoo. All right. I decided yeah. that I secretly want to have my own uh, safari park one day. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. That would be an adventure. Boner mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> she was running around. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, you're writing your new book and releasing your new book here in the coming days, Standing Strong. And it's a timely tool for sure for women. And you speak to this overwhelmed and this burnt out woman about how to face adversity and self-doubt and how to carry yourself with strength and purpose and courage. What has been one of your most favorite moments of the process of releasing this book? And what has your journey looked like throughout creating this new book? I'll tell you, by far the best is when somebody who has an early copy of it will email me or send a text and say, this book confirmed exactly what God has put inside of me, what I thought God was telling me, or God used this book to show me X, Y, and Z about my future. I think if, as an author, it doesn't get any better than that. That's amazing. And that's happening all the time with this book and why I really feel like this book is so special. Years ago, when I was getting ready to write this book, with each book, I always pray and say, Lord, what's the next book about? And he'll give me a word or two. And with this, he reminded me of a prayer that my mom used to pray over me. And the prayer that she would pray over me is that I would, her her goal for me is that I would grow to be a great woman of God, strong in my faith and fearless as I face the future. And he brought to mind that phrase, great woman of God. And I thought, well, that's dumb. That's not a, that's not a topic for a book. It's not like busyness or fear or anything else. That's, that's not the Lord. That's me Mm -hmm. thinking of something crazy. So I waited another month and then prayed about it again. And I felt like he said, because I said, hey, Lord, what's the next book about? Like we hadn't spoken. <laughs> and he said, I already told you. 
And so I went in this like six month journey of praying into what does he have for women? What does he want me to know? What does he want to tell women? And it's that he wants to partner with women, that partnership is very important to him, that he doesn't need us to, to partner on anything, but he chooses to partner with us to bring his purposes to life in this world, whether it's a garden or adopting a dog or building something or writing a book or starting a business or starting a Bible study, whatever it is, he partners with us because he cares about everything that happens in this world. And that he had great plans for women, that he wanted to partner with women, that women who are alive right now in this generation played a very important role to him, but that things were going to get hard. And as I'm praying about that, that's two years to a year and a half ago. I couldn't have imagined what we would be going through in 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, but God being so gracious as He is, He knew, of course, He's not surprised. And He sends us messages to help us get strong because I feel like there's two things that hold women back. There's there's self-doubt, yes, and adversity, but something else that's really dangerous right now is the girl power message. I I, I jokingly call it the girl boss message of Mm -hmm. you can do anything you want to do. Don't apologize, demand what you want. You know, you, you define the rules and you're the hero of your own story. And some of, some of the parts of investing in yourself and going for what you want, those are good. But when you take Jesus out of the middle of it and who is our real source of strength and power and courage, it is a recipe for de- destruction. And I believe the fruit of that message is destruction in women's lives. Does God want big things for us? Yes. Does he have great plans for us? Yes. But we aren't meant to do it on our own. We're meant to partner with him on what he has for us in our lives. Mm-hmm. How have you grown to draw all that strength from your God-given identity? The strength that you are able to display and to walk in and to lead other women to how have you found in your life that you have been able to rest in that God-given identity that you have so that you can do that? I think, I mean, unfortunately, most of our resilience comes from pain. So for me in my life, I can look through season after season. You know, there's they're not all hard, but a lot of the seasons in life, we do go through hard seasons. Mm-hmm. And in those, those seasons are the seasons where God shows up and He strengthens us. And he makes us more capable and confident than we ever knew we could be, even though we're coming out of a season where we really felt like life was going to kill us. Mm -hmm. And I think knowing who we are in Christ, and I kind of go into that in the book, like who we really are, what 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 are his plans for women? What does he think of women? When I was growing up, it was really popular for women to be referred to as help me. Have you heard that phrase? I haven't. Okay, so super damaging in my opinion. And it was like a woman's role is just to help the man. That's what, that's what you're here for. But if you, if you go back and you read in Genesis, the way Eve is described, she's described with the Hebrew words, Azer, Kenedo. And the meaning of those words are in opposition to. And, and normally when you hear opposition to, you think, well, is that like fighting? Is it arguing? But it really brings balance to the world. If a plane is going to fly, there's two wings. They're in opposition to each other. If a bike is going to go, it has two tires. So for the relationships, men and women, you want equal but opposite forces holding the world up. Mm -hmm. 
And the same phrase, that same Hebrew phrase has, was used 21 times in the Bible. And 16 of those times, it was used to show that God is the military defense of his people. So when he created woman, he didn't create us to be weak. He created us to be strong. He created us as the solution to problems. We are the completion of creation. We are the solution to the world's problems. And when we really can understand, okay, this is how he made women. This is how he made me. Combined with kind of looking back on our own personal histories with God of what we've been through, where he's come through, how he's shown up for us, and how even though we've gone through seasons of pain or grief or difficulty, he always sees us through the other time. Mm-hmm. That's what kind of builds up inside of us where no matter what we're going through, we're going to feel confident because we know he's got us and we're, we're, no, we're going to know that we're going to be able to keep going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes me think about a quote from your book that I have in front of me when you say, God has made you strong with the ability to survive anything that comes your way. Even when you feel weak and overwhelmed, you're stronger than you think. There is strength within you that passes human understanding. And hearing that, and I've read that, and then hearing your voice today as you're saying these same things, there's this peace that's washing over me and the truth behind that. Mm. This book is, yeah, it's, there's something so powerful about reading a book and being spurred on by it and then getting to hear the voice behind the words getting to know the author and hearing the passion and the strength and the peace and the human behind words on a page that makes it that much more impactful. And it's so beautiful to hear you elaborate on your heart behind this today. Oh, thank you. I I love telling my story because it's always a story of how good God is. Yeah. What has saying yes to God looked like in your life? How would you speak more into that partnership mindset with God? Yeah, God normally asks me to do things I don't want to do. (laughs) (laughs) You're in good company. Yeah. I always think of God as like, He's wooing me gently into my future and, and He'll open doors and He'll give me ideas. But when there's something He doesn't want me to do, He's real loud. He's real, He's clear. I'm not going to misunderstand. And for me, I think saying yes to God looks like a combination of obeying me, obeying me, obeying him when he's telling me to stop doing something or he's showing me that I'm not on the right path and I need to make a change. And when he is kind of nudging my heart to something, to pull that thread and follow it and see what happens. Because for us to get where he wants us to go, it's a combination of not doing what he tells us to, to do, right, of, or to stop doing, and to follow his lead. Because like I said, when he's showing me my future, he's always very vague, right? It's not like he's ever been like, Allie, for this year, you're going to work on this. And next year, this is what's going to happen. And five years from now, boom, this, mm-hmm. no clue. But he plants ideas and dreams and, and just little nudges inside of me that I go, okay, I don't know if this thing is God inside of me right now or Allie, but I'm just going to follow this thread and see what happens. Mm -hmm. That combined with obeying and not doing the things that he says, stop doing this anymore, or, you know, adjust what you're doing over here. If we do those things, 
that's where the magic is. That's where we can really make sure that we're following where he wants us to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like to call moments where I see God showing me a piece of the bigger picture glimmers. And I find those glimmers most often when I lean into those stirrings. I say, okay, God, I'm going to follow that. I'm going to follow that intuition that you've given me. I'm going to follow that peace that I feel when I'm talking to you about this. And those glimmers spur us on because you see for a moment, oh, okay. Yeah. I I see a little bit of what you're doing here and God's smart enough to know that's what we need. We don't need Mm -hmm. the whole picture. We just need the glimmer. And that's That's enough to keep us going and taking the next step. So good. You're exactly right. For the woman that may be in a season where she's paralyzed by fear mm-hmm. and she's listening to this and it all sounds so good and she's feeling peaceful listening to this truth, but she's in a season where she feels very afraid. How would you encourage her today to step into faith and lean into God through that fear she's feeling right now? I think one thing is to recognize the difference between fear and true anxiety. You know, uh, many people feel fear often and intensely, but we want to also recognize sometimes there's a medical reason for anxiety. If that's the case, we definitely want to get help for it, of course. But if it's everyday, run-of-the-mill I'm terrified to do this. I have this dream in my heart and I can't go forward because self-doubt and fear are taking me out. Then, okay, let's get started. This is what we need to know. What you need to know is fear is not a sign that you're on the wrong track. I think sometimes we think that if we feel afraid or we feel uncomfortable or things are especially hard, that we're not on the right track. And sometimes that we think that discomfort that we feel is actually the Holy Spirit trying to stop us. And when sometimes it's important for us to go, I'm afraid, I'm nervous, I'm going to step out of my comfort zone, and just because I'm uncomfortable, I'm not going to assume the Holy Spirit is trying to get me to stop. Because if I stopped everything I did because I was nervous or uncomfortable, I would never do anything. Mm -hmm. I think when we get to the moment in life and we make the decision to look at our own kind of everyday fear about things or discomfort trying something new, or just feeling like we're not up to the job. If we look at those types of feelings and emotions as a normal part of growth and a normal part of going from point A to point B, we can go, oh, I'm doing new things. I'm terrified. I feel completely out of my depth. I feel self-doubt. I don't think I can do this. I secretly think everything's going to fall apart well, what do you know? This is what it takes to get from point A to point B. Mm -hmm. And we can go, this is normal. This is what everyone goes through. Because I think sometimes we don't talk about it. We don't talk about how hard things are for everyone behind the scenes. You know, we see each other's highlight reels. We see beautiful curated pictures on Instagram. We we see the best of everyone else. And, And I don't fault the world for being that way right now. But it's important for women to get honest and go, no, Everything you're feeling is normal, and it's a normal part of growth. It's a normal part of going to where where God wants you to go. And if we're waiting till we feel comfortable and confident and at ease every time we step out, we do something new, or we obey, then we're not going to do anything because growth requires discomfort. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
What, speaking about fear and discomfort, what roadblocks do you see that are recurring, that are holding women back from stepping into their purpose and their passions? And how do we break past those barriers? I think one of the big ones is the thought that we have somehow missed our purpose or we're just searching for our purpose desperately. And I tend to think of, you know, we have one big purpose in life and that's, that's who, that's, we choose God or not. That's our purpose. That's, that's why we're alive. That's what the choice we're all making. But calling is something very different. And when we look at our calling as something that's different in each season of our life, we realize that God is always continually calling us to something new. There's going to be something different. Our calling when we're in college looks different than our calling when we are young and single. Our calling in our 30s looks different. Our calling in our 40s and 50s and even 60s and 70s and beyond. But when we feel like, oh, I I missed it somehow, or I don't understand what my calling is, when God's always calling us to do great work with whatever He's put in our hands in front of us, whether we're we're a teacher or an accountant or an entrepreneur or a stay-at-home mom, whatever it is that He's put in our hands to do, that's our calling at the moment. And we tend to think that a calling in a church or a ministry is important and God is taking notice of it. But our work outside of the church, you know, 99.9% of the work in the world somehow isn't significant. But I believe that God cares about our work. He always designed us to work because He cares about, you know, clean water that people drink. He cares about an accountant that does people's taxes well because it's important in our society. He cares that vaccines are found to diseases. He cares that someone was brilliant enough to to develop Amazon two-day prime shipping. (laughs) All of these things make the world a better place. And sometimes we have a tendency to go, oh, you know, I'm just a sales rep or, oh, I'm just a teacher. I'm just this, I'm just that. Well, it matters to God because if you're a teacher, it matters that those students get someone who's taking care of them and loving them and teaching with attention. If you're a stay-at-home mom, God cares about how those children are raised and loved and brought up to be successful humans in the world. Whatever it is that we are doing in whatever season of life we're in, we need to know that God wants to partner with us and wants to help us give us strength and courage and wisdom to do a great job at it. Mm-hmm. And in, in a decade, it may look different. In 20 years, it may look different. I believe in, in each season of life, He's calling us to new things and adventures and that we haven't missed our calling. We don't have to struggle to figure out our purpose. And in every season of life, He has new and good things for us. Yeah. Yeah. And that He's calling us to a life of abundance. Yeah. Calling absolutely. us, inviting us into that. And it is waiting right here, right now. And all we have to do is say, I am choosing when I wake up in the morning or in the middle of my day, when I just don't feel like I'm enough or I don't feel like I can be enough, I'm just going to lean into that abundance that you have right there for me and making that choice. I want to hear about abundance in your life and your faith right now. And before I kind of open up that space to hear about that. I would, I'm going back to your book again. I'm sorry. <laughs> of all oh, these no, please do. quotes that I love. And I want to read this speaking into that, that invitation into abundance and then hear from you a little bit on what that looks like in your life right now. But you sure. say, God isn't calling us to live an enough life. 
He's calling us to live an abundant life, which is to say a more than enough life. He's calling us to walk in our gifts, to overcome our self-doubt, to start living out our purpose, and to stand strong. How are you seeing that in your life right now personally as you're walking through this season of releasing this book and the year of 2020? What does that look like for you? I'll tell you, in in March, when everything locked down in the beginning of April, it was really upsetting. Like I can't sit here and say, oh, I felt strong and confident the whole time. And I really felt like God was showing up in that season. I was upset with God and constantly saying, what, what are you doing? What is going on? What's going on in this world? Why? I don't understand. And he kept reminding me, that he is not surprised by 2020, that he is not in heaven looking at Jesus going, what do you know? I did not see that coming. All of the plans that I put on everyone's hearts and the purposes I had for them, I guess none of that matters anymore. I didn't see that coming. Like, of course, he's not in there. And as I've leaned more into him this year with the difficulties of 2020, I mean, the knowing people who've been sick and, and gone through so much and with so many people out of work and you know, our own struggles from children not being able to go to school and missing out on so much. I think that it's really important for us to look at abundance, not necessarily as an easy life. You know, I would love an abundant life to be like, God shows up and everything gets easy because the truth is life is not going to get easier, but God is going to make us stronger. And when I think about abundance, I think of the fruits of the Spirit, you know, love, joy, patience. When I think about abundance in my life right now, I think about how God has comforted me through the anxiety of 2020, how He's kept us healthy in our little household in 2020, how He's given us a sense of peace when, you know, the middle part of 2020, I didn't have any peace how he's given us security in the middle of a storm. Life may not be perfect. A lot of things can still be hard, but he always gives us what we need and he's always here and he's never going to abandon us and he's never going to let us down. So much truth. It's something that I talk about a little bit and I'm working on talking about a lot is my journey with self-confidence throughout my Mm -hmm. life and getting to a point where you start a business and my faith is the center of our product shop of everything that I want to leave anyone with. And it's something that the Lord is using in me to share so that I can show up and lean on him and not on myself and share that journey with people. What has your journey looked like with self-confidence through all the things that you're doing with your career and, and your personal life, what, what does that look like? Well, I grew up um, when in really difficult circumstances. My dad died in a car accident when I was a little girl. And my mom and I, oh, my dog, my dog's agreeing. <laughs> it was hard. Uh, my neighbor's outside. And I was just wondering, how long is it going to take Molly to notice a neighbor outside? Um my mom and I were left alone. My mom was in a body cast and, and, you know, and grieving and penniless. And growing up, the poor kid without a dad 
it kind of leaves a mark on you. You know, you feel like everyone else has their act together. Other people have, you know, a nice home and a dad. And so growing up, I was never confident. And it's funny, it wasn't until I started working online, blogging and, and kind of connecting with people on social media that I, that I would dip my toes into the business water because I wasn't confident in like my, what we used to call back then my real life. Mm -hmm. But on the internet, I could kind of test the waters and put an idea out there, you know, start a business and then close my computer and kind of hide. Mm -hmm. So for me, confidence was something that got built up through the years, step by step by step. I never felt like I knew what I was doing. Everything felt a little scary along the way. But the more I did it, the more confident I became. So it was really the way I feel like confidence works is you kind of look over your shoulder one day and go, oh, I did all that. Who knew? Because it felt like a mess the whole time. <laughs> And we tend to think that confidence is something we are either born with or we aren't. You know, some people are confident, some people aren't, like, like it's our hair color or eye color. And sure, some people have that extra bit of confidence that they're born with. But I feel like for most of us, confidence is something that is built when we take action. Yeah. And even though we don't feel good, even though it feels hard and it feels strange, and we've got our inner monologue telling us we're going to screw it all up, mm -hmm. the more we take step by step by step, we're going to look back over our shoulders and go, sure enough, I did it. What do you know? <laughs> I do this stuff now. Mm -hmm. This is amazing. I think mm -hmm. that's how it really works. Yeah, I would have to agree. The moment that we quit getting uncomfortable is the moment we quit growing. Mm -hmm. And there is something really, really neat about when you hear God leading you in a direction and you say, okay. Okay, I'm okay, leaning in. Goes. I'm mm -hmm. taking the leap, and then you leap, and all of a sudden you're soaring. And you know that it wasn't your own doing. It wasn't that Brittany learned how to fly. It was I heard the Lord ask me to start a podcast, and I said yes. And I started reaching out, and there were women that wanted to have conversations, and there were women that were touched. And the biggest surprise of it all is when you do something because you think. God is wanting to use you for others and he touches you so deeply. Yeah. And he yeah. whispers in my ear, that was for you. I had that, I had that for you. I wanted to spur you on. I wanted to fill you up. And because you said yes, and you trusted me, not only is it this kingdom work, but you're a big piece of that. And sometimes we remove ourselves a little too much and God wants to do it in and through us. And that means he wants to fill us too when we say yes to hard things. And he's always there. So good. Each chapter of Standing Strong closes with discussion questions and mm -hmm. action steps to come alongside the readers on wherever the journey is. And I want to hear from you. I know that's probably something that was very, very important to you. I want to have these words here, but I also want to equip my readers can you let us into your hope for the reader through that part of your book and giving them those practical steps? Yeah, that's a great question. So I spend probably 80% of my time with my work as a business coach, helping young entrepreneurs, attorneys, doctors, people with large successful companies. It's a wide range. And what I find uh, as a coach is... Unless people have action steps, handles to kind of pick up and carry something with them, things aren't internalized. 
And so what I wanted to do for the end of each chapter is to ask some questions so people have things to think about and really make the notes and the takeaways really clear. Because I don't know about you, but I know I've listened to messages or read books and been like, this is beautiful. This is amazing. Mm -hmm. But because there weren't real handles in it for me to pick up part of it and take it with me, it didn't change me. So I think that the action steps at the end of each chapter are those handles so women can kind of internalize the message, know how it affects them, think through what they need to do, where they're going, where God is leading them, and what are the next steps Mm -hmm. to really have life change. Because everybody can be encouraged and inspired, but it takes a little bit more to actually get life change. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And sometimes we need a little bit of direction. We Mm -hmm. need a little something, like you said, to hold on to. Can you talk a little bit more about being a business coach and co-leading called creatives and how you're using your experience to coach women? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I became a business coach after building my business and then building quite a few businesses and becoming a consultant for companies like Intel and Disney. And I, I loved that work but I knew the best thing that I could do is to help individuals build, whether they're building something new for the first time or they've been at it a long time and they want to help leading, they want help leading all of the people on their team. They want to be great leaders. And a lot of people have found success, but we really just need a little bit of help enjoying it. You know, we get to this level of success and go, wait a minute, I thought I was going to be happier at this point. <laughs> So I like to help people with those things too. And then Called Creatives is a coaching community for women who feel called to write or speak. And we believe that if a woman has had that feeling inside of her of, I think I'd like to be on a stage one day, or I think I have a book to write, that it's our job to honor that call, that we are all as women called to create in some way, shape, or another. You may not have thought of yourself as a creative, But the work we do in our businesses, the work, our writing, um, speaking, it's all a creative endeavor that we want to help people do for impact and for influence in this world. So it's really fun. So thinking about the woman that has that stirring, as you're saying that, maybe she's thinking that is me. I want to write. I want to speak. What is something that you would tell her today to spur her on in achieving those dreams? I would think to say, you will tell yourself you're not cut out for this. You will tell yourself you're going to fail. You'll tell yourself you're not good at it. You'll tell yourself you should have started a long time ago. You'll tell yourself it's too late. You'll tell yourself somebody else is already doing exactly what you want to do, so why should you even bother? Mm. All that's lies of the enemy. All of it's lies because we've, we've all had it. And when you think about moving forward in your gifts and your dreams— Ask yourself this one question. If I don't move forward, does it make God happy or does it make the enemy happy? Because normally when women hold ourselves back and we hold back our gifts and our talents from the world, it makes the enemy happy. That's what he wants. So whenever we are tempted to play small because of self-doubt and hold ourselves back and tell ourselves that we aren't up for it, that we don't know what we're doing, we're not going to do a good job, just ask yourself, Who wins if I hold myself back? That's what I'd say. I have never heard that question, and it is so simply put. I'm going to be using that. I I love it. 
I know that it is so easy to look at what is going on around us and think, oh, but she's already doing that. He's already achieved that. She's already filled that need. So I don't need to do it. And the lie of that is so rich and so deep. And for some reason we believe it. But the truth is we all have our own experiences. We all have our own relationships with the Lord. We all have our own expertise. And without us stepping up and saying, yeah, I'm stepping into that space with that person because nobody can do it like how God wants me to do it. It may be in that same space, but God can only accomplish what he's wanting to do through me saying, okay, let me give this a try. Mm -hmm. And the world misses out when we choose to believe someone's already done that because nobody's done it the way that you can do it. Mm, So good. So good. I'm looking at more quotes. I was highlighting and going through and there's just some conversations I have. And I think, how am I going to narrow down some of these things that I want to share? But I find that when I just pull what pulls at my heart and have it in front of me as I'm having discussions, it seems like the Lord pulls out. Let's share this one. And so right now I'm looking at some of your words again, and you say, your calling won't look like anyone else's ever. God chose you. He made you exactly who you are. He set your life in motion. He put you here on this earth, right here, right now, because he wants you to partner with him. And he has something special that only you can do in his kingdom. How would you speak into those words of yours more with a few practical ways to empower women to walk with the Lord and knowing there's special things he wants to do through them and them alone? I think that, I mean, sometimes in the church, we use a phrase like abide in Christ, which is beautiful, but sometimes it's not all that practical in day-to-day life. Well, what does it look like to abide? And I think what we want to do every day is lean into the Lord and say, help me see what you have for me. Help me do what you want me to do. Guide my hands, guide my thoughts, be with me every step of the way, because you are my maker. You make, you made me, you make my future. Let me partner with you on the future that you have for me. And Lord, help me not get in my own way. Help me not let self-doubt and a lack of confidence take me out of the game. Give me, give me the strength to partner with you and keep me going. I like to say that God will get us across the finish line of what He wants us to do, but He expects us to lace up our shoes and to start walking. You know, He's going to get us there, but we can't just sit back and say, I'm going to wait on the Lord. And I think one of the most practical things we can do on a day-to-day basis is make sure that we are fighting back against the enemy, fighting back about and negative thoughts in our head. And one of in my opinion, the most powerful ways we can do this is with worship. Like I love music. And you know, some people, some people are music people, some people aren't. I am a, a worship music person. And when I'm having a bad day, if my thoughts are kind of running out of control, I have this this playlist on Spotify called Worship for Fierce Faith from my last book. It is 19 hours long and it has like 2,000 people who listen to it every day. <sighs> And it's just worship music, just going and going and going because we want to renew our minds. We want to tell the enemy that we are not women to be messed with, that we are daughters of the King. We are filled with the Holy Spirit and he can try, but he's not going to get us. 
He's not going to distract us or discourage us or depress us. I think that is one of the most practical things that we can do every day. Speaking of music, what is a song right now that is speaking to your heart? What's a song that comes to mind right now as we're talking and you think, man, yes, I'm loving that song right now. Yeah. The song I'm loving right now is from Elevation Worship. It's called Rattle and it is phenomenal. Same guy for Elevation who sang Graves to Gardens, which again, Mm -hmm. another amazing song and just has such a great spirit to it. Yeah. I had a girlfriend send me that song just a couple of days ago and I had not heard it. It's Rattle's a really, really good one. I love talking about music. There's something about music that when there's a lot of distraction and busy, I can just close my eyes for a moment or have it on in the background as I'm working. And it does something to ground me and to still me. It's such a powerful tool. So I always love asking that. I've actually never asked it before, but I think it often. That's a good question. What I always like talking about discerning God's voice. Mm-hmm. because I think we have never arrived at learning how to do that. We we all have our own different journeys and how we hear God. And for you, you're probably like me, where you hear Him through music and when you mm-hmm. get in this quiet space with Him. But what does discerning God's voice look like in your life right now? Well, it's not a perfect science. Sometimes I think it's Him, but it turns out to be just me. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> But if it's really important, he'll keep telling me enough until I know, though, that's actually him. Mm-hmm. But I think learning to tell the difference between our own internal voice and the voice of God is really important. And some questions I ask myself about, you know, is this voice I'm hearing, is it just Allie or is it the Lord? It's, is this voice loving and kind? Is it convicting in a gentle and loving way? That's probably the Lord. If the voice is critical or shaming or just trying to make me feel bad, then that's probably not of the Lord because the Lord isn't shaming. He's not critical. He's not mean. He's kind and he's gracious and he's wonderful. And that for me was so powerful because it's easy for us to kind of beat ourselves up in our mind and go, oh, that must be the Holy Spirit talking to me. Mm-hmm. But if it's critical and harsh and shaming, it's not of the Lord, period, because that's not His heart for us. Yeah, yeah. and going back to God's character, mm-hmm. who is God and what does He say about me? And are these thoughts that I'm hearing or these ideas in my mind something that align with that? Or is there a lot of contrast? Yeah, absolutely. So where can our listeners connect with you online and where can they pick up a copy of Standing Strong? Oh yeah, I'm Allie Worthington everywhere, A-L-L-I Worthington. So AllieWorthington.com and Allie Worthington on Instagram. And my podcast is The Allie Worthington Show. And then Standing Strong is available everywhere. Oh, I have a new quiz. Can I tell you about my quiz? Yes, please do. I have a super fun new quiz called What's Your Secret Superpower? So I kind of go into your personality type, the superpower that God gave you, the Bible verse that goes along with that, what you wish people knew about you and what other people wish you knew. And so that's on my website. But if you want to get a link to just go ahead and take it, it's a two-minute quiz, you can text five to to the number 55444 and text the word superpower. So Mm -hmm. 
superpower goes to 55444. Then you'll get a text from me with a link to take the quiz. And it's super fun. People are loving it. Oh, I bet. I bet. And that's a fun thing to be able to share with the people that you love and have them take it so you can learn more about each other. Yeah, absolutely. That's really cool. I'm glad you mentioned that. I love Ah. it. So my last question for you today is going along with how you say God has invested too much in you for you to let the enemy hold you back. Yeah. How would you cheerlead women in our community to stand strong and lean into their purpose today? Mm. I would say to stop telling God no, to stop telling God no with your voice, but to stop telling God no with your actions. When he gives you an idea or a dream or a goal or just a a little vision for something that's for you, sometimes we tell him no with our mouth and we say, oh, that's not me. You know, I've made too many mistakes. Um, We believe the lies that the world tells us that our past always has to be our future, which is never the case with God. Or we just tell him no with our actions because we don't take action. So if that's you, I just encourage you to make sure you don't tell God no in voice or in action. And whatever he is putting in your heart, the ideas that he's giving you, these, these God dreams that keep bubbling up, even when you try to push them down or you try not to pay attention or you put those dreams on the shelf, keep going one step at a time. Even if you don't feel confident, even if you don't feel comfortable and know that the Lord is with you. And if it is his will, he's going to see you through. Mm -hmm. Man, thank you for being here today, Allie. And I just want to speak over you that I am personally so thankful for the way that you know the Lord and the way that you seek him and you lean into him and the way that you're able to share. Follow along with Allie online at AllieWorthington.com, over on Instagram at AllieWorthington, or on her podcast at The Allie Worthington Show. Did you enjoy this episode? Would you hit that subscribe button, leave us a five-star review, and share this podcast with a girlfriend? A great way to help us get the word out is by screenshotting this episode on your cell phone and tagging us at Wheatful Woman to your Instagram story. We'd love to hear your favorite parts of the show so we can keep creating episodes that show up to serve you. Thanks for tuning in and we can't wait to catch you next time.